listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, I'm going to talk about why it's important for believers to fast and pray. You may have heard that, um, you know, it's not that important. And, you know, there's people, there's so many people that downplay fasting and prayer as though it's like some small thing. Now, I've, I've even heard uh, of people that are, you know, Bible school teachers. They'll say, well, you know, you don't need to get super spiritual and fast. You know, like some of these people do, they get super spiritual and fast 21 days and, you know, you, you know, we're in the New Testament now. We don't have to do that stuff. This is an Old Testament culture anymore. And, and uh, that's totally untrue. It's absolutely untrue. Uh, Christ expects his children to fast and pray. Now, I'll say right up front that in the Bible, you can read from Genesis to Revelation, and there's nowhere that instructs the believer how long they should fast and pray. So I know there's people that see that we're doing 21 days and they're like, you know, why why do you do 21 days? I mean, that's not in the Bible. You're right. It's not in the Bible. Neither is three days in the Bible or, you know, we're not commanded any amount. 40 day fast is not commanded in the Bible. Now we can see pictures of how long other people or groups of people fasted in the Bible. There are people that fasted for one day. There were people that fasted from uh, morning until sunset. There's people that fasted for three days. There's people that fasted 40 days. Um, but though we can see pictures of other people fasting for multiple days, we are not commanded to fast for any length of time, but we are commanded to fast in the New Testament. And um, as I get into that, let me show you something. By the way, uh, let me make mention of this right at the top of this broadcast. Um, two resources that I made available. Actually, I'll give you three. Three resources that I made available for you that will help you immensely throughout this time of fasting and prayer. The first one is this book that I felt to write uh, years ago. Uh, what is it now? Two years or three years? It's been two years. You know the best way to do it? Look at the copyright date in the beginning of the book. Look at that life hack. I just life hacked it. Uh, This came out in 2020. So this has been out for three years and now we're in the fourth year. Um, This book, I felt so strong in my spirit to write a complete guide to biblical fasting. 250 pages giving you everything you need to know, everything the Bible says, including modern day discoveries of health benefits that come from fasting. And um, this will show you what you need to know. This is the book I wish I had when I was growing up. Um, And this will help you. And on top of that, this book we put out right after it called the 21 Day Fast Field Guide. This guides you through these 21 days of fasting and prayer. Each day in this field guide, you'll have a Bible reading plan, a teaching from Scripture, and at the end, you'll have prayer points uh, to kick off your prayer time. So both of these books are available if you're watching from another country on Amazon. Uh, If you're watching in the U.S., they're also available on Amazon or Kindle and Apple Books if you like eBooks better. 
Um, now, we do have this available on our website as a combo pack, and you can get, I believe it's $5 off the total. If you go to shop.miracleword.com, you can get those. We also have 100 prayer points uh, within our Miracle Word app that you can download and keep with you that will help you throughout the fast. And I wanted to make those available to you because it, it will blow your mind how much having resources that supplement your fasting time help. Let me, let me just tell you something I learned. This is a hack for fasting. Years ago, when I first started fasting, if you've read my book, you know I hated fasting. Hated it with, with everything in me. I'd sneak away and I'd eat when nobody was looking. I'd disguise myself. I didn't understand the power of it. And one of the things that will help you immensely, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 4, and verse four, I want to read you something that I learned by this revelation that Christ get, gives us in the gospels. And when I started to employ this in my life, it helped my fasting immensely. Matthew chapter four and verse number four. <clears throat> of course, Jesus is being tempted by the devil, but he's fasting and praying in the wilderness for 40 days. Um, and if you've not joined us yet, by the way, you can register for free uh, to join our fast at miracleword.com forward slash fast 24. You can do that uh, today. Join us. We'll give you free resources. And also, uh, you can join the private Facebook group and uh, be a part of everything that we're doing uh, during the fast. So Matthew 4, 4, listen to this. In fact, I'll start reading with verse number one. And thanks to everybody that's putting the um, scriptures in the comments because I know people watch later. So that helps them as they're, as they're going through and taking notes. Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, now this is verse four and I want you to get it. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So let me put something into your spirit today. Jesus said, I don't need natural food. I need spiritual food. Put that in the comments. I don't need natural food. I need spiritual food. I don't need natural food. I need spiritual food. He said, and he quoted the verse of scripture, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What you find out <clears throat> is reading the scripture, reading the Bible is spiritual bread. Reading the Bible is spiritual bread. It's spiritual nourishment. No question about it. It is spiritual nourishment. And it's amazing because when I begin to do what Jesus said, and though I'm not eating natural food, as I'm in this time of fasting, really digging into reading a lot of scripture, not only praying, yes, we're praying during the fast. By the way, if you're not praying 
during the fast, you might as well eat something because you're just starving. This is not a hunger strike. This is not some kind of spiritual asceticism. This is a supernatural transaction between you and God. Fasting and prayer. Prayer always goes along with fasting. But on top of prayer, a heavy consumption of God's word. Heavy consumption of God's word. It blew my mind. The more that I began to do this, the, re- the more I realized that even my hunger began to wane because I'm feeding myself spiritual food. John chapter 6, and this is what I was saying to you a moment ago, the word of God is spiritual food. John chapter 6 and verse 63 John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. This is Jesus speaking. It's the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. You see that? So the word of God is spiritual life to your body. Thank you, Jesus. The word of God is spiritual life to your body. When you read it, when you ingest it, you are ingesting spiritual life into your body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, go back a few verses in the same chapter, John chapter 6. Go back to verse number 46. I'm going to start reading from there. John 6, 46. Listen to this. Not Jesus is speaking here. Not, it, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. He's speaking about himself. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. And then look at 48. I am the bread of life. You see that? Jesus is the bread of life. Let me keep going. 49, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. 50, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Now look, at he plainly tells us in verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the, for the life of the world is my flesh. So Jesus is revealing something here. He is the bread of heaven. Jesus is the bread of heaven. So now watch this. What does the Bible say in this same gospel? John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, if you read the whole of John chapter 1, you find out John is speaking about Jesus. Jesus is the word that existed from the beginning. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is the word, and Jesus is the bread of heaven. So understand something. God's word is spiritual bread. God's word 
is spiritual bread. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what Jesus is letting us know is, I don't need natural bread. I need spiritual bread. I'm not looking right now for natural bread. I need spiritual bread. What was the devil trying to get him to do? Turn these stones into bread. You don't need to be fasting. You need to be eating food. No, Jesus said, no, I don't need natural bread. I need spiritual bread. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. That is so powerful right there. That is so powerful. Consume this word as you fast and pray. If you have this, you know that there's a Bible reading plan that we guide you through. I had somebody say to me uh, when they got this book for the first time, they said, man, <clears throat> that Bible reading plan that you have in that, um, that fasting devotional, they said, man, that's a lot of Bible reading. Yeah, it's a lot of Bible reading. But you, and, and by the way, if you're wondering what, what it is, in 21 days, we take you from Matthew all the way through the book of Jude. Matthew through Jude in 21 days. And of course, if you want to finish off the month of January, finish with the book of Revelation. But Matthew through Jude in 21 days. Like, for example, today's reading is Matthew 1 through 11. So that's a lot of reading. But let me tell you, when you're cutting everything else out in your life, when you're not, you don't have meal times, you've got Bible reading times. When you don't have hours of Netflix streaming, you've got Bible reading times. When you're not doing, you're not going for ice cream after dinner, you've got Bible reading times. So it's not actually that much. In fact, you can do all of this reading for the most part um, in about the same amount of time that it would take to watch one episode of a dramatic Netflix show that usually lasts an hour. So you've got time. But let me tell you, it is vital. Consuming the word of God while you fast and pray is vital. And I'll tell you something that'll happen to you while you're fasting and praying and consuming that much word is that you'll begin to see things that you've never seen before. As you subdue your flesh and your spirit is allowed to kind of come alive, it's not that your spirit's not alive, but it kind of shines through because you're subduing the flesh, crucifying the flesh, and you become more aware of spiritual things, the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. And you begin to gain revelation of God's word. You begin to gain revelation of God's word like you've never had before. As you fast and pray, one of the prayer points that you pray should be this. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Let them be enlightened so that I may know the hope of your glorious calling. Things I've never seen. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's exactly what we're believing for as we fast and pray. I want to see in the Bible things I've never seen before. You say, why do you want that? Because in this same gospel, the gospel of John, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So you can only be as free as the level of truth that you have. You can only be as free as the level of truth that you have in your life. 
You can see it throughout the Bible. Anytime people gained a supernatural truth, it allowed them to walk at a higher level. When God revealed to his Old Testament people, I am the Lord that heals thee. I'll put none of these diseases upon you that have come upon the Egyptians. He, they begin to understand, oh, wait, hold on. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. He's our healer. Jesus revealed himself as the healer. Do you know there were times, because it was we, they didn't have the, the New Testament like we have today, there were times in Jesus' ministry, people came to him unsure if he was willing to heal them. And then he gave them the revelation of who he is. Remember the 10 lepers that came? And they said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make us whole. And he was willing, and he made them whole. But see, they didn't know, they didn't have that level of truth yet. They were hoping for it, but they didn't know. They needed revelation of his nature and his character before they could receive healing from the master. And the more you know, the more you have in your spirit from scripture, the higher you can fly, the higher you can fly because you know the truth and the truth will make you free. I often ask people the question, do you remember the first time that you ever heard that Jesus was not just a savior, he was a healer. And your eyes were open. You're like, man, I can believe for healing. I can believe to stay healed. Do you remember the first time you ever heard it taught that Jesus is not just a savior and a healer, but that he's also a provider. He's also someone that will bless you. It's like, man, I can believe him for increase and financial increase, and I can believe him for blessing and prosperity. Yes, absolutely. Because the more you... Re- you find out about Christ, the more you find out about his power, his nature, his ability, the higher you can fly. And the only place, get this, the only place you can find information about Jesus that will take you higher is in his word. It's the only place. God revealed himself to us through his word. Hallelujah. Go with me to Acts chapter 20. The book of Acts chapter 20. 20, let me give you a verse of scripture that is very, very eye-opening. This is a section, uh, if you have this heading in your Bible, where Paul is speaking to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, and when he gets to verse 32 here, listen to what he says at this point in his address. He says, and now... I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. I give you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. So there's the first thing. And what else? And to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So the word of God, as you ingest it, is able to do two things, according to Paul here. The word of God will build you up. That's what I was just talking about. It takes you to a higher level of understanding, knowledge, and it strengthens your spirit, strengthens your mind, and strengthens your body, your physical body. Hallelujah. You know that it strengthens your spirit, but what about your mind? There's something that happens to your soul when you read the word of God. Jeremiah explained it this way 
in Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. He said, Lord, I found your word and I ate it. I ate it. I devoured it. And it became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart or my soul. So notice, this is something that happened even in his soul realm. It became joy to me. It became joy to me. The writer of Proverbs said, in Proverbs chapter 4, my son, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your heart, for they are healing to your body, health to your flesh. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. So get that. It doesn't just affect your spirit. It doesn't just affect your soul. The word of God will affect your physical body. I often use the example of Joel Osteen's mother who was healed of cancer. She should have been dead. She got a death sentence decades ago, but she's still alive. And she just put the Bible on tape and listened to it over and over and over. And the word of God got into her flesh and drove cancer cells out. Because the word of God affects all three parts of your being, your spirit, your soul, your body. So I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you, as we fast and pray, ingest large portions of God's word. That's why I gave you the kind of Bible reading plan I gave you in this devotional. It's so that we can consume a lot of God's word as we're fasting and praying. Don't, let me just say it this way. Don't waste the time that you have during fasting and prayer. If you're going to truly push the plate away, make the very most of the time you have in fasting and prayer. Don't sleep the fast away. Don't play the fast away. Don't, you know, stream shows and, you know, pass the time just trying to get through the time. Use the time wisely. It's better to use, I would rather people, you know, fast for shorter periods of time and really press in than to just try to sleep 21 days away. Don't do that. Press in with everything you've got. With everything you've got, let me give you some tips as we begin this fast today. Obviously, today's day one. We're in the morning session. If you didn't know the schedule, we're live every day, twice a day, 10 a.m., 9 p.m. These times are Eastern time, New York City time. If you're in another country, New York City time, 10 a.m., 9 p.m. There's only two nights that you can catch me on a different platform. One of those nights is tomorrow night, and the other night is the 17th of January. I'm going to be on Faith TV that airs in the entire continent of Africa, and it airs uh, now in all of the United States of America. It airs in 18 million homes in the UK, and I'm going to be joining Drs. Andre and Jenny Raybert tomorrow night, and on Wednesday the 17th. But for every other session, we'll be live right here from the studio at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m. And so don't miss those. Um, People ask, why should we as believers fast and pray? It blows my mind how many people think that this is just an Old Testament practice. That now that we're in the New Testament, it's not needed. We don't need to do that. You know, that's old school. No, no, we still need to do it. 
And there's something that I want to bring to your attention. Um, as I was looking at this today, go to Luke chapter 5 with me. This is very, very powerful. Luke chapter 5. Um, I want you to see what Jesus himself said. What did Jesus himself say when it came to this subject of fasting and prayer? Let's begin reading in Luke chapter 5 and verse 33. And this, now, now, when you talk about why should we fast and pray, okay, I want to give you this. Why should we fast and pray? What I'm about to give you right now is without a doubt the number one reason that every believer should fast and pray. Every believer. This is the number one reason. By far. Luke chapter 5, verse 33. And they said to Jesus, the disciples of John fast often and they offer prayers. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours eat and drink. So notice they're drawing that comparison. John's disciples fast. The Pharisees fast. But your, your disciples eat and drink. Verse 34. And Jesus said to them, Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is still with them? Verse 35. The days will come when the bridegroom, he's speaking of himself, when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And then they will fast in those days. You see that? Now, let me go further in this same passage. He said, verse 36, he told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled. And the skins will be destroyed, but new wine must be put into fresh wine skins. And no one after drinking old wine desires new, for he says the old is good. You see that? So what you need to realize here is Jesus is not just saying, when I'm taken away, they'll fast. He's describing what that period will look like. He's talking about pouring out the Holy Spirit on the church after he leaves. New wine's coming for these new wineskins. I got to make them new first, though, because if they were old wineskins, they wouldn't be able to hold the new wine. They'd burst. Jesus could not pour the Holy Spirit into people before they were regenerated, before they were saved. But he said, when that New Testament period comes, see, here's the argument for everybody that thinks New Testament believers don't need to fast and pray. Jesus said the exact opposite of that. Jesus said, when I leave them, then they'll fast. That's when they should start fasting, when I'm taken away from them. And he was taken away. He ascended into heaven, sat down at the right hand of the Father, and then sent us the Holy Spirit. What did he do? He gave us the ability to be regenerated and become new wineskins, and then he poured into us the new wine of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And he said, then 
my disciples will fast. So notice something. The number one reason that we should fast as believers is because it's an expectation of Jesus for all of his followers. Please put that in the comments today. The number one reason we should fast is because it's an expectation of Jesus for all, not some, all of his followers, his disciples. If you're not a disciple of Christ, you're not a Christian. <laughs> People say, well, that was just for his 12 disciples. No, it wasn't. Even historically, it wasn't. As I mentioned a moment ago, he said, well, the disciples of John fast, the Pharisees fast. Go back historically. You know what the Pharisees did? They fasted two days every single week. And so there's, and I put this in this book here, Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. There's a historical document that we still have today called the Didache. It's the writings of the apostles in the early church that are not biblical writings. They're more historical writings, but they're not inspired by God. But they're historical documents telling us what the disciples in the early church did. And do you know that the early church, the disciples, the early church after Christ's ascension, they also fasted for two days every single week. But they write in the Didache, we'll choose different days because we don't want to fast on the same day as the hypocrites. And they were referring to the Pharisees because Jesus called them hypocrites. So he said, we're not going to fast on the same days they do. We'll pick two other days. And every week, the disciples, the followers of Christ, the early church, they fasted two days for hundreds of years every week. You know why? Because they understood what Jesus was saying was for them. When I leave, when I'm taken away, my disciples, my followers, they will fast. If it's an expectation of Christ, that's as powerful as a command from Christ. Notice that. He's giving that as a response. That's his expectation. Oh, yeah, when I'm taken away, they will fast. Well, let me say, our fasting should not be limited to just the beginning of the year. There should be times throughout your year that you fast and pray. The nice thing about being in the kingdom is that we are led by God's spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, the Bible says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we're led by the spirit. So that means that we can go throughout our year and the spirit can lead us into times in fasting and prayer, or we can designate our own times of fasting and prayer. It's like when we start the year, 21 days. The Spirit doesn't have to lead me to fast and pray at the beginning of every year. I've made up my mind. I'm consecrating myself to the Lord at the beginning of every year. I'm giving him my first and my best. This is not, I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit came, and I've had times at the beginning of my ministry where the Holy Spirit led me to fast and pray at the beginning of the year. But I made up my mind. I'm designating the beginning of my year for the Lord. He's getting my first. He's getting my best. And I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to get clear instruction. Yeah, 
AJ w mentioned in the comments, because there's people that I, you know, I went to Rama. You hear a lot of people say, you know, word of faith people, well, you know, Brother Hagan wasn't big on fasting. He didn't, he didn't really teach a lot about fasting. He didn't do a lot of fasting. Uh, AJ points it out, and there's multiple videos where he does this. Uh, just as listening, scroll back up to this Brother Hagan teaching yesterday. And Brother Hagan mentions that when he was traveling, he'd fast a couple days every week. So don't tell me these men that shook the world were not into fasting and prayer. Well, you know, Brother Hagan wasn't big on fasting. Yeah, he was. I don't see other people fasting a couple days every week. But let me tell you, it's not a bad idea. Early church did it. It's not a bad idea. Giving God a couple days a week. Now, I'll tell you this. If you, here's a cool thing that I write in the book. Think about, we talk about tithing. Most people think about your finances. We tithe finances. But what if you were to tithe your time? to God. What if you were to tithe your time in fasting and prayer? We've got 365 days in a normal year. That's 36 days approximately of fasting and prayer that would be a tithe of your year. Do you know if you just did three days a month, you'd give God a tithe of your year in fasting and prayer? Three days a month. That's all it takes. That's a, that is, that's a game changer. Three days a month and you've given God a tithe of your year in fasting and prayer. We're kicking it off with 21 days. So I'm telling you, this is something that you can do, but hear what I'm telling you. You've got to do something. <laughs> I was writing in this book and I was talking about, you know, people always wonder like what, how many days, should, how many, how long should I fast and pray? And I actually have a, a, a chapter in the book called how long should I fast and pray? Um, so let me read this to you because it made me laugh when I wrote it. One of the questions I'm asked most often when teaching on fasting and prayer is, how long should I fast? This is a problematic question for a few reasons. First, the scripture doesn't give us any commands about how long or how often we should fast. Since we have no command, we can only look at examples throughout the biblical narrative. And then second, everybody has to hear God for himself. Third, we could set unbiblical expectations for individual fasting. Um, but, but I write this, the only length of fast that you're not allowed to do is no days. <laughs> As a believer, the only length of fast you can't choose is zero because Jesus said, when I'm taken away, they will fast. There has to be some days in your life. And of course we've consecrated ourselves corporately to fast and pray for 21 days. And that's what we're doing now. So this corporate fast you know, because I also have people always say, you know, well, you guys are all letting each other know that you're fasting. You've lost your, you've lost your spiritual benefit because Jesus said, when you fast, fast in secret. You know, if, if, if you don't, the only reward you'll get is people knowing you fast. No, Jesus is talking about individual, personal fasting and prayer in Matthew 6. But there were times throughout the Bible where large groups, in fact, whole nations would fast and pray. Everyone knew that everyone else was fasting. This is not an individual fast we're doing right now. This is a corporate fast. We're not the only group doing it. People throughout the body of Christ all around the world right now are fasting for 21 days and praying all over the place. So people say, do I have to keep my fast a secret? You don't have to keep your fast a secret. At the same time, you're not going around bragging about your fast. I don't know if you know this, but I'm fasting 21 days. It's not a, we're not bragging about it, 
But people have to like go and do the, all these like linguistic gymnastics to try to get around telling people they're on a fast. Hey, you want to go to dinner next week? Um, well, not at this time. I'm um, doing something right now. I'm kind of studying. It's like, just no, no, I can't. We're on a fast right now. You're not going to lose your benefit of fasting and prayer because you told somebody you can't go to dinner because you're fasting. This is a corporate fast. We all know that we're fasting and praying. We're not bragging about it, but it's common knowledge across the body of Christ. So don't get all, you know, weird about like, well, I can't tell it. Jesus said, don't tell anyone you're fasting. Don't tell anyone you're praying. That's for individual fasting and individual prayer. He didn't want people bragging about it like the Pharisees did. And we don't do that, but we are pressing in together. So why? Why should we fast and pray? The most powerful reason, number one, I gave you is that Jesus expects it from his followers. What's another thing about uh, fasting and prayer? Well, one of the things about fasting and prayer that is extremely powerful is it is the most powerful tool to combat temptation. It's the most powerful tool, fasting and prayer, to combat temptation. Get that in your spirit. The devil will do everything he can, but it's the most powerful tool to combat temptation. Luke chapter four, verses one and two. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted of the devil or by the devil. When And he, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. Did Jesus succeed in the temptation or did he fail in the temptation? He succeeded. He succeeded. When the devil gave him three different temptations, did he fall into temptation and fail or did he succeed and, and resist? He succeeded. He was in a place of fasting and prayer and it empowered him to overcome temptation. Now, he teaches that same thing to his disciples toward the end of his ministry. Let me give you the reference. Matthew 26, verses 40 and 41. Matthew 26, verses 40 and 41. This is the second most second reason we should fast. It's the most powerful tool to combat temptation. Listen to Matthew 26, verses 40 and 41. The Bible says, And Jesus came to the disciples and found them sleeping. When they should have been doing what? Praying. Found them sleeping. And the Bible says, he said to Peter, could you not watch with me for one hour? Let me tell you something interesting. Jesus didn't think one hour of prayer was a long time to pray. Jesus did not think one hour of prayer was a long time to pray. He thought it was a small amount. In fact, it's the minimum that the church did every single day. The early church, Acts chapter 3. And they went up to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, which was three o'clock in the afternoon. They went up for what? The hour of prayer. Jesus didn't think an hour of prayer was a long time. You couldn't even watch with me for one hour, he says to Peter. Now look, verse 41, so powerful. He said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So there you see it. The second powerful reason that believers should fast and pray, it's the most powerful tool, tool to combat temptation. No question. 
as Bishop David Oyedepo says, if you're not prayerful, you'll be sinful. If you're not prayerful, you'll be sinful. You could write that down. You could put it in your notes. Julian says, I used to be in the RCCG ministry where Daddy Gio, he's talking about Pastor Enoch Adeboye, called for 100 days of fasting. That was not a joke. I remember that fast. I remember that fast. It was all the way into the spring. I think it ended sometime in April, January to April. 100 days of fasting. Now, it was six to six. It wasn't total fasting for 100 days. You'd be dead. But I remember that fast clearly. 100 days of fasting, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every single day for 100 days. Bishop Oyedepo, if you're not prayerful, you'll be sinful. No question. If you're not prayerful, you'll be sinful. Jesus said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. If you're not prayerful, you'll be sinful. That's right. Sister Tammy says in the comments, bare minimum one hour of prayer, but don't do it just to check a box. I got my hour for it. No, no, really press in. Really press in. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray the prayer points. Press in. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in prayer. See, that's one of the things I love about the prayer points is that as I begin, I begin praying with those, but then the Holy Spirit starts leading me in all different directions of things to pray for. Things to pray for that are very important. Tonight's um, session, by the way, at 9 o'clock p.m., you're, you're not going to want to miss this because I'm going to be teaching on how to set proper prayer goals. This is a, this is a must listen for every believer. Tonight at 9, how to set proper prayer goals goals. And I'm teaching on that because many people have never been taught how to pray. They've never been taught what they should do, what they should expect, how they should go about it. I was listening to um, Brother Hagen teach one time. And he said um, when he was pastoring his church, they used to end their services very often, bringing everybody around the altar and then they just have everybody pray around the altar. And he said, you know, I started to get curious about what my people knew about prayer. He said, so I came down off the platform and he said, I'd walk around at the altar. Uh, and can you answer that question in the comments from Nutty? Um, he said, I begin to walk around at the, at, at the altar and start talking to my people as they're praying. I'd tap somebody on the shoulder and I'd say, what are you praying for? Or what are you praying about? And he said, people would look at him funny. And he'd say, no, what are you praying for? And he said, the majority of people, they'd say, I don't know. I'm just praying. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just praying. And then he'd go on to somebody else. What are you praying for? What are you praying about? And they'd say, I don't know. I'm, I'm just praying. I'm just praying. <laughs> I'm just praying. And go on to somebody else. And he said it blew his mind to see that his church people, 
they're in the middle of praying at the altar and they don't even know what they're praying for or praying about. Didn't even know. And, and he said in his teaching, he said, now I understand that some prayer is just fellowship with God. He said, but they didn't even know if they were doing that. They said, I don't know. I'm just praying. I'm just praying. Now there's a problem there because if you listen to me very carefully here, because this is why I'm going to teach this tonight. If you don't know what you're praying for or about, how would you ever know if your prayers were answered? <laughs> There's the question. If you don't know what you're praying for or about, how would you even know if your prayers were answered? And so tonight's going to be very, very vital. Tonight at nine, how to set proper prayer goals. It's a must. And that's why I want to take time on it tonight. But no, notice this. We're, we're fasting and praying because it's the number one tool to combat temptation. What else? It's one of the main ways that you prepare yourself to release spiritual power. That's number three. It's one of the main ways that you prep yourself to release spiritual power. Does anybody else find it amazing that when Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost after he was baptized in the Jordan River by John, don't you find it amazing that the first thing the Holy Spirit led him to do after he got filled with the Holy Ghost was not to heal the sick, was not to preach the gospel, was not to um, cast out demons. It was not even to teach the word. The first thing that the Holy Spirit led Jesus to do after he got filled was to fast and pray. That would blow most people's minds. Because you'd think there's an urgency to teach the word. There's an urgency to preach the word. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the leper. Yes. But the number one priority was not any of those things. The number one priority was to fast and pray. Now think about this because it's powerful. It wasn't to prep Jesus because he'd been living a sinful life and he needed to consecrate himself before he could. No, he was sinless. He was absolutely sinless for his entire life. So he didn't have to fast and pray for repentance. He didn't have to fast and pray for those reasons. It wasn't that he was out of position with God. I got to get into position with God so I can. No, he was already in position with God before he fasted and prayed. Look over with me at Luke chapter 3. He was already in position with God before he fasted and prayed. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. I'm well pleased. This is before fasting and prayer. So Jesus didn't have to go into fasting and prayer so he could be in, in, in his right position before his father. He was already well pleased with Jesus. The father was already well pleased with Jesus. 
So he didn't do it because he was in a sinful position. He didn't do it because he had to gain the favor of his heavenly father, get in righteous position with his father, or none of that. He was prepping himself to release spiritual power. He was prepping himself to release spiritual power. And the first thing the Holy Ghost led Jesus to do was fast and pray. Look, Luke 4.1. Look at this. This is after the baptism. Luke 4.1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. He ate nothing. Very first leading of the Spirit. Go fast and pray. Go fast and pray. Go fast and pray. Go fast and pray. Anybody who has shaken the world with the power of God has been a person of fasting and prayer. No question. Anybody that has shaken the world by the power of God has been a person of fasting and prayer. Doesn't matter who you mention. Person of fasting and prayer. Always. Because without prayer, there's no power. Without fasting, your flesh is not crucified enough to release the power that's in you. See, people don't recognize that. They, they think, oh, you know, with, with God, all things are possible. I can just do whatever. No. You've got all the potential of the world inside you as a believer, but most people can't let it out. That's mind-blowing. This has never been taught to most people. Never. I have people, I teach this, and they're, they're sitting there looking with wide eyes like, I never heard that in my life. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9 uh, two parents bring their son to the disciples because the son's demon-possessed, can't hear or speak, and then often he gets cast into the fire, into the water by those demons to kill the son. And the parents bring the son to Jesus, and the disciples cannot cast the demon out. Can't. So they bring the boy to Jesus. He said, you faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? Bring the boy to me. And then he cast the demon out without any sweat effortlessly cast the demon out. Later, the disciples in Mark chapter 9 came to Jesus and they said, Lord, why could we not cast this demon out? You know what Jesus' answer was? Because this kind of demon does not come out except by prayer. Some translations add fasting, but in the original manuscripts, fasting's not there. Except by prayer. You know what Jesus was saying? You don't pray enough to release this kind of power. Man. Now listen, had they already been empowered to cast out devils? Yes. Had they cast out devils before? Yes. But now they met with a spiritual resistance that they had no power to cast out. And Jesus told them that plainly. This kind of demon, that shows you there's different kinds and levels of spiritual resistance. There are different kinds and levels of spiritual resistance. Not every level is the same level. You can build spiritual strength. Let me show you a proverb that, that is, I keep it in front of my eyes all the time.
The Bible says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Proverbs 24.10. You say, hold on a second. It's possible to faint or fail in the day of adversity? Yes, if your, if your strength is too small. So you can build. That's what the disciples did. They fainted or failed in the day of adversity because their, their strength was too small. Why couldn't they do it? They couldn't release enough strength to cast that demon out. So they had to... Those parents had to bypass the disciples and go to Jesus. And Jesus rebuked them for it. Now, here's what you need to see. Jesus rebuked them and said, you should have been able to do this, but you weren't praying enough. And so because you weren't praying enough, I had to do it. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So there are different levels of strength in the Holy Ghost. And it's not that you don't have all of the power of God in you. It's that not everybody can release that power at the same level. Is that not mind-blowing? Did the disciples have it? They had it. They had it by the direct authority of Jesus Christ and couldn't release it. They couldn't release it because they were not praying they were not dedicated like Jesus was. Jesus would pray through the night. Jesus would get up early before the dawn and pray. He had power. He released that power. And he gave them that power, but they weren't consecrated enough to release it. Receive this today. You're about to experience manifestations of the Holy Ghost like you've never experienced in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As you fast and pray, expect supernatural manifestations to break loose in your life, in your family, in your ministry, in your business, in the mighty name of Jesus. As you press in, as you consecrate yourself to God, get ready for breakthroughs and turnarounds and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, get ready for it. Get ready for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 5, verse 16, the prayers of a righteous man, what does it do? Makes much power available. The prayers of a righteous man makes much power available. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. The prayers of a righteous man or woman makes much power available. Power is released as you begin to pray. Hallelujah. Power is released as you begin to pray. Power is released as you begin to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Power is getting ready to be released for you and through you. Get ready for things that didn't seem like they would move to move out of your way. Get ready for things to jump up and evacuate your circumstance. Run out the back door. Roadblocks have to move. Obstacles have to move. Every single thing that tried to harass you before this has to leave your life in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, as you fast and pray, power is made available. 
and you'll see breakthroughs and you'll see turnarounds in the mighty name of Jesus. You're going to see breakthroughs. You're going to see turnarounds in the mighty name of Jesus. I got more to teach you, but we've got 21 days. Tonight, you've got to get, get here for this, how to set proper prayer goals that will bring breakthroughs. Hallelujah. How to set proper prayer goals that bring breakthroughs. Most people, they're missing it. As, as Brother Hagin said, they're missing it. They're missing what God wants to do because they don't know how to properly set prayer goals and how to properly pray. We're covering it tonight. Let's take some time here. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Remember, Jesus said three things go together, Matthew chapter 6. When you fast, when you pray, when you give. When you fast, when you pray, when you give. We're going to give you opportunities throughout this entire time of fasting and prayer to sow seed. All three of these things go together. When you fast, when you pray, when you give. Jesus didn't say if you fast, if you pray, if you give. He said when you fast, when you pray, when you give. It was an expectation. And so all the information is going to be on the screen. I'm going to take the end of this broadcast today. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. And so, and you can do things on your own schedule, but my plan is this. My plan is that we'll take 30 minutes in the morning together to pray and 30 minutes at night together to pray. That'll give us our hour a day in prayer. And then, of course, I want to encourage you to pray throughout your day. I want you to pray, press in. There's things that you specifically need to ask God for, and I want you to do that in your personal prayer time. Don't neglect it. Set it, write it, expect it, and watch what God will do. So as people are sowing their seeds, we're going to pray, and the Lord is going to do supernatural things for us. We're going to see God do supernatural things for our families. Hallelujah. Let's begin to pray. And you know this. We always pray by um, praying in the Holy Ghost. I always come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise, and I always leave with thanksgiving and praise. I'm always sandwiching my requests between thanksgiving and praise. And so speaking in tongues is a form of thanksgiving, according to the Apostle Paul. So let's begin to pray. I want you to join me. I want you to press in and let's go to God. Basho de rike bandosta, kata de brebeji, rendoste kira ko ramanda de krakali, rabastelia dosha, rama rotostia kale de stiava, marondo rocoste cridia graze brodos embrendengia, posta riadoste para kata nebra basta tokatemi, remezia va rocoste, maroje vrama machia tala vestuke bravadesi, Marodo shevrivi andorra kandenema, mastoro koshekeli, repevro doste kibra basata kie, maroto koreme meshite kebrasta dor, marondolo shekiaba, rebabasto toko retiamaye, rebo rekifatama maso kegre keli atoste kema masse, marodoze brikiara la bossa, maroko shteke rike de bravodo, Rondo rakeri ata, ma robashte kiri atale, 
remedi che brosto tobra barra che di dia, ramandolo coste a farra testi chibra bocca tem, lebro doste siava, ma rondolo coste bravatai, mara chidi di aste che bravando doki, mando rocoste pabara chia, ma tole chi breve gipopoli, ma randoro coste chidi di aste sapambro coda dai, Rebeji brodo roko tibra manda devra vadi, reka tije pato lobra vasto dom, febro dasha kadadeki andoro kosti, remamba rakiri dishti, si brodo roko tene, reba baso ko rodo shipa rakati de giaba, fro bandiga desha tika tema manda nakai, reba toshe kididi atolo sama. Lord, we come to your presence today, we thank you. Thank you for every everything that you've done in this last year. Thank you for every miracle. Thank you for every turnaround. Thank you for every breakthrough that we've experienced in this last year of 2023. But now we thank you for what we're about to see come to pass. We thank you for what's about to happen. We thank you, Lord, that this is a year that we are standing under open heavens in the name of Jesus. As you gave us that word, we are standing under open heavens by the power of your Holy Spirit. And so we thank you and we give you praise ahead of time for open heavens over our families and businesses and ministries. Father, we thank you that we will see a supernatural exchange all year long. We thank you that you're taking out what's normal, what everybody else experiences, what everybody else has. That's not what we're going to have. That's not what we're going to see. We're going to see the greater. We're going to see the supernatural. And so we expect it. We expect it and we give you praise ahead of time for what's about to happen. Now, Lord, we thank you today that as your word declares in the book of Lamentations chapter 3, that your mercies are new every morning in our lives. Thank you for new mercies by the power of the Holy Ghost. That today when we woke up, we woke up with new mercies extended over our lives. Your word declares it. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. And so right now, we begin to give you thanks and praise that your mercies are new every single morning. Thank you, Lord, that today, as we got out of bed, you'd already put over us new mercies. Your steadfast love was working on our behalf. We give you thanks for that. We give you praise for that, that you had mercy for us even when we were dead in trespasses and in sins. Even when we were in a place where we were not in right standing with God, we were on our way to hell, but you had mercy on us and you sent us the gospel and you brought us into the kingdom. Even though, Lord, there's nothing that we could have done to earn it, there's nothing that we could have done to provoke you to send it, but you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And we receive that grace and we receive that mercy, though we should have and deserved hell and eternal punishment and damnation for sin. You had mercy upon us. You had grace for us. And today we stand as children of the most high God.
Today, we stand as part of the body of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we've been made righteous because he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And so today we thank you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you are keeping us today in perfect peace because our minds are stayed on you. We give you praise. We keep our minds focused on you. We keep our minds stayed on you, which means we keep our minds stayed on your word, on the truth of your word. I thank you, Lord, right now that we have an understanding of your nature and your character because we have your word. What others do not know, we know because we have access to the divine written word of God. And as we keep our minds on your mighty word, I thank you that we're walking in perfect peace. Lord, I declare through 2024, under these open heavens, not one person will struggle with chronic depression in the name of Jesus Christ. I command all depression to loose its grip and go in the name of Jesus. You have to loose your grip and go in the name of Jesus. I thank you that not one person will go through 2024 under these open heavens with anxiety attack after anxiety attack. I thank you that anxiety and a spirit of fear has to go in the mighty name of Jesus. Perfect peace coming upon our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that even those who may have struggled with it previously will no longer struggle with suicidal thoughts. They come to an end today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. No more suicidal thoughts in the name of Jesus. We will live and not die to declare the goodness of God. We will live and not die to declare the goodness of God. All because we're operating in a perfect peace because our minds are stayed upon you. Your word declares that through thanksgiving and through praise and through supplication that we have the peace of God that passes or goes beyond all human natural understanding. Hallelujah. And so today we walk in perfect peace. We walk in a peace that does not make sense to the natural world. The peace that we're going to walk in in 2024, it does not make sense to the natural world. It goes beyond their understanding. It goes beyond our understanding. Nobody will be able to fathom, especially when they see what's going on in the world. And they ask us, how can you be so peaceful? How, can, how come you're not worried more about what's going on? It's because we have perfect peace. It's because we have a peace that extends beyond what the mind can comprehend because it's supernatural. This is not something that we have peace because everything's fine all around us. It's not because everything is without turmoil in the world. No, in the midst of the world's turmoil, in the midst of bad reports, in the midst of attacks from the enemy, we continue on in perfect peace 
because our minds are stayed upon you. And through our praise and through our thanksgiving and through our supplication, your word promises us that the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. And so today, we thank you and praise you that your peace is stationed around our hearts and minds as a guard, guarding us from every wicked attack of the enemy against our hearts and minds, against our thought process, against the things that try to come to the battlefield of the mind. We are guarded today by the peace of God. And I thank you right now, Lord. I give you total praise that we have that guard at our heart. We are not falling prey to the same issues that the rest of this world has taking place in their mind. We don't need medication, Lord. I thank you that you'll be able to touch us in such a way that even if people are on medication, I pray that their doctors, their physicians will check them and say, man, you don't need this anymore. I'm taking you off of this medication. I pray in the name of Jesus that what you do for your people in 2024 would eliminate the need for medication in the name of Jesus Christ. Not just medication for their mind, but even medication for their physical body. Whatever your people are taking to keep their bodies in check, your word declares that as we fast and pray, one of the benefits is that our health would spring forth speedily. Our health is springing forth speedily by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so whatever it was that uh, your people were battling before this time of fasting and prayer, I thank you that your healing virtue is flowing through them. Hallelujah. And just as Beverly gives the testimony in the comments, sugar was lower than ever today. No diabetic medication. That's what we're believing for, that the need for medication would be completely eradicated by the healing virtue that you're filling us with today. And we thank you for that, Lord. <clears throat> we give you praise that we'll not need man's help because we have your help, that you don't need your power to be supplemented by some natural substance developed in a laboratory, that you've already developed something for us from the beginning of time. It's the power of your spirit that you've extended to your people. As we read earlier, we thank you that we are filled with new wine. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. It is that same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead and is now dwelling in our physical body that right now is making us whole. Hallelujah. We thank you. It's flowing through our body from the top of our head right now down to the bottoms of our feet. I thank you even people that experienced neuropathy in their feet and in their legs are being healed right now as we're praying. I thank you. This neuropathy has to go. This pain and numbness in the feet and in the legs is loosing its grip and letting go now by the power of the Holy Ghost because healing virtue is flowing. <clears throat> healing virtue is flowing. Hallelujah. And we're going to walk in divine health. We're going to walk in divine healing by the power of your wonderful, precious Holy Spirit. I thank you right now 
that your anointing is flowing through our bloodstreams and that our blood is being regulated right now by the power of God. We thank you that our blood is being regulated. Lord, every disease of the blood has to loose its grip and let go today. Every sickness and disease in the bloodstream has to go by the power of the Holy Ghost and take all the glory for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Jesus. I command sugar levels to go to normal. Low blood sugar, be made whole. High blood sugar, be made whole. Lord, for people who their pancreas does not produce insulin properly, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bring a healing. Let that organ function as it was created to function in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, for those who are battling in their their blood cells do not receive insulin like it should, like they should. They've become insulin resistant. I pray that those blood cells would begin to receive that insulin again properly and that sugar would be regulated by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise for that. Lord, those that have been battling in their lungs, they've got issues with their breathing and their respiratory system. I thank you, healing virtue is coming into every uh, body's lungs today. Asthma has to go in Jesus' name. I declare it right now. Lord, the same way that you healed me of asthma all those years ago, I thank you that asthma has to loose its grip and let go. Right now, COPD has to go, has to leave the body by the power of your spirit. I command it to go. No more issues, no more issues in your body. Lung cancer, bronchitis, issues, respiratory issues, has to go, cannot stay, does not belong in your body as a child of God. And so now it has to leave you. Pneumonia, Lord, if there's people battling pneumonia today, I take authority over it. All congestion, those that have written in, we've gotten several messages people battling the flu and flu-like symptoms, people battling fever. It has to go. It has to loose your body and let you go in the name of Jesus Christ. Loose and let them go in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm praying, Lord, for those that have been struggling with hearing loss, hearing loss, whether from machinery, loud noises, gunfire, whatever it might be, maybe it's just the hearing is beginning to degrade. I pray that you'd restore their hearing in the name of Jesus Christ. Restore their hearing today. Open those ears by the power of the Holy Ghost. Open those ears by your spirit. Those that are battling today with vision problems, issues of the eyes, I pray healing virtue, Lord, would come to those that are battling in their vision. I command cataracts to melt off today in the name of Jesus. Cataracts melt off today in the name of Jesus Christ. No more issues with cataracts. Lord, I pray people that have been battling, they can't see. They can't see issues in the eyes. Those that have been going blind, people that are totally blind, I pray, open those eyes for your glory. Let them see. Let them see clearly. I, pl- I pray, restore people to 2020 vision 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Restore people to 2020 vision in the name of Jesus. I command kidneys to be made whole today. Kidneys be made whole. In Jesus' name, I speak to the organs of the body and I command every organ of your body to function properly as it was created to function in the name of Jesus. No more issues in the organs of your body. Breast cancer, be healed in Jesus' name. In fact, I take authority now over all cancer and cancerous cells and tumors. I command them to shrivel and die and pass from the body in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Lord, give us more cancer testimonies during these 21 days in fasting and prayer than we've ever had in the history of our ministry. Let more testimonies of healing from cancer come in in this one 21-day period than we've ever seen in the history of our ministry. I don't care what stage it is. I ask you, Lord, to drive it out of their bodies by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Drive it out of their bodies by the power of the Holy Ghost. We give you thanks for that. We give you praise for it today. Lord, I'm praying for people's skin in the name of Jesus. People that are battling, it seems like rashes won't go away. Eczema won't go away. Issues in the skin, I take authority over it. I command your skin to receive divine healing by the power of the Holy Ghost. Receive divine healing by the power of the Holy Ghost. I give you thanks, Lord. I give you praise for that. Skin is clearing up. I, I declare it. People will be amazed as we come to the end of this fast and they look and the places on their skin that they were battling rashes and issues and problems and eczema and stuff that would not go away. Dry skin that seemed would not go away. It's being healed. It's being healed. All that patchy skin is being healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, for it. Lord, every condition that keeps people lame, I pray right now, every condition that keeps people lame, whether those are back injuries, spinal injuries, <clears throat> leg injuries, knees, ankles, whatever it is, I don't care. Even people that are battling muscular dystrophy, people that are battling in their bodies, issues that keep them lame, wheelchairs, walkers, canes, make them whole in the name of Jesus Christ. Make them whole. Strengthen their legs, strengthen their backs, heal their spines in the name of Jesus, heal their nervous systems, make them whole. Those that have suffered stroke and it affected their mobility, I pray that you'd heal them supernaturally by the power of your spirit, Lord. Do it and take all the glory. Doesn't matter what they've suffered. Heal them. Turn the whole situation around by the power of your spirit. Make them whole. In Jesus' name, make them whole. Lord, right now, one of the things we're setting our faith for, those that have been struggling with addictions, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would take these 21 days and break addictions off of people in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that alcohol addiction 
would come to an end swiftly in Jesus' name. No more alcohol addiction. People that can't seem to get by without a drink. I got to have a drink. I got to get a drink. I need a drink. No more addiction to alcohol in the name of Jesus Christ. Take authority over nicotine addiction, cigarettes. I thank you, Lord. Chewing tobacco, rub and snuff. Nicotine addiction comes to a swift end during these 21 days of fasting and prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. No more nicotine addiction. Lord, there's people that have asked you a hundred times. They don't want to be bound. They don't want to be smoking. They don't want to be locked in and having to spend their money on cigarettes and other things. They don't want to. Set them free, Lord. Set them free. People that have been battling prescription medication addiction, I take authority over it today in the mighty name of Jesus. No more prescription medication addiction. No more drug addiction. I take authority over fentanyl and heroin and even the distribution of fentanyl and heroin by the power of the Holy Ghost. No more opioid crisis in 2024. We ask you, touch our nation, work on our nation. No more addiction. I pray you shut every one of these things down by the power of the Holy Ghost. Shut down distribution. Shut down the dealing and the selling. I pray that the largest busts ever made will be made this year. In Jesus' name, the largest drug bust that have ever been made would happen this year in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that things would be uncovered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let people uh, be exposed. Let places be exposed that were havens for uh, storing drugs and trafficking drugs. We take authority over it in the name of Jesus Christ, and we give you praise for what you're doing, Lord. We thank you that no substance can control or keep our body under. Not one substance. We are not controlled by substances. We're controlled by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you now that your glory is manifesting all over the earth as your word declares in the book of Psalm 19. I thank you right now. Revival is sparking and springing up all over, not just this nation, all over the earth. I pray, Lord, let nations open up to the gospel. Hallelujah. Let nations open up to the gospel this year. Nations that have been closed for a long time, let them open up to the gospel. I pray that people would be saved in mass let them be saved in mass in Jesus' name. Largest crowds we've ever seen come into the kingdom. Let them be saved. Let this be a year of supernatural harvest reaping. Lord, let us win more souls to Christ in one year than in the history of our lives, in the history of our ministries, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for loved ones that have not yet been saved loved ones that have not yet come into the kingdom. Let this be the year that we say, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray for husbands that are not yet saved or wives that are not yet saved. Let them quickly turn around. Children that have not come back to their parents, children that have had a severed relationship, that are no longer in church, that are no longer serving God. Let this be the year that, the, that our children are saved, that our children serve the Lord. 
Let this be the year our grandkids come into the kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, we refuse to give our families to the devil. We refuse. So we give you praise today, Lord, for what you're about to do in our families. Thank you that our we're going to have quick uh, reports. Our sisters, brothers, cousins, uncles, aunts, fathers, mothers, spouses, children, they're coming into the kingdom. Do something supernatural that only you could do and let it spark a revival in our families in Jesus' name. Spark a revival in our families by the power of your Holy Spirit. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say it is done by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now we just lift our hands and we thank you for what you're about to do. We thank you that 2024 is going to be a year of open heavens, that we're going to see supernatural things every single month in Jesus' name. Every single month we will see your glory and your presence and your power manifested in Jesus' name. It's going to be amazing to watch it happen. It'll be amazing to see it come to pass. And so, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you honor and glory. And if you believe it, somebody shout amen. Put some fire in the comments. Put your hands up in the comments. Let me know you're standing with me and believing that this is going to be your story too in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.